What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Stand Up to Sitting podcast. I am your host and chief energy officer, Jeremy Abramson. And man, oh man, am I pumped for today's show. We got Dr. Brian Abasolo in the building. Before we get into today's show, I want to shout out our sponsor. I am so grateful to partner with Kai's Energy Bars. Kai's are these all natural, only four to six ingredients in each bar. And they're amazing, whether it's post-workout or you just need a midday pick me up. These bars have kept me going the last few months. And the reason that I love this company so much is because I connected with their founder, Jeff. And Jeff is so committed to making an impact in the community that every box of bars they sell, he donates some to kids in Haiti. He's literally making a generational change for the youth overseas. And that is really why I felt this duty and alignment to partner with Kai. So I'm so grateful for them. And they have been generous enough to give this community 15% off their orders. So go to kaisconcepts.com and then put coach Jeremy 305 at checkout so you can get some of these guys. I'm not joking. I don't take or put anything in my body that has any artificial flavors, ingredients. So get on these now, save 15% off coach Jeremy 305 at checkout. Peace. Brian, also known as Dr. Abs, is a licensed doctor of chiropractic in Florida and Texas. He has over 10 years of experience with sports injuries, rehab, and personal injury. His mission is to help people live their best life via natural health solutions such as fitness, nutrition, and mental health. Brian's career quickly expanded into the entertainment realm after winning a recent season of ABC's Bachelorette, where he won the heart of Rachel Lindsay. Look out for some of Brian's dope lifestyle programs in the very near future. Brian, welcome to the show. What's up, buddy? How you doing? I'm good, dude. I'm stoked that you're here. Glad, for, glad to be here, man. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. How was how was that intro, by the way? Did I miss anything? Uh, No, you nailed it. Short and sweet. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. So let's dive right in. I want to know just a little bit about the journey of how you got into medicine. Was this okay. something that you were always passionate about? Was it in your family? How did that transpire? Yeah, well, I... Uh... I grew up in a loving household. Uh, actually, I connected with one of your posts the other day as far as the the parent lottery. I actually have my parents. They've been together for over 40 years as well. So I grew up in a loving household. But, you know, being Hispanic parents, they always want the best for their kids. So they're very old school. So it was always lawyer, doctor, engineer, you know, the old school uh, profession. So they always wanted me to be a uh, a doctoral lawyer, pretty much. So from a young age, I really got into sports, um, played soccer. I was really good at it. I played on some amazing teams growing up, uh, championship teams. Like we won state titles. Hell yeah. Is this high school? No, this is actually growing up. I probably started when I was five um, and just in rec leagues around Miami. Yeah. And eventually a couple of the parents got together and decided to form a club team of all the best talent in South Florida, specifically Miami. And we just got together. It was called Strike Force. And, you know, little by little, as the years went on and we got coached up, we absolutely ran shit in Miami and Florida. I mean, we won five state titles in a row, I'd say, when wow. we got to like the age of 12. I uh, went to regional championships, uh, made it to the final four uh, in the nation. So we were one of the top teams in the country. We were just blowing teams out left and right. We were just so. Uh, dedicated to our craft and um, I think that gave me really a a competitive edge and just all that winning it's really addictive so you know I was all about you know winning at life and just trying to do the best for myself and my family and uh, you know they really instilled in me the work ethic and the you know what the drive to basically uh, get to a great place in life and uh, with sports you know I was always interested in, in the human body 
And when I got to college, actually, I met a chiropractor who was doing well for herself. And, you know, she was making six figures, working 20 hours a week. I shouted her for a little bit. You know, I love the the human interaction, the doctor patient rapport that she had going on. And I like the natural aspect of chiropractic. So, you know, and I was at that time, I was getting into fitness and nutrition and things like that. So everything just came together. And I made the decision in college at the University of Florida to pursue my 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 dream, my passion of being a doctor of chiropractic, more natural, natural path. Hell yeah, because yeah. I think that's that's really dope. I think a lot of people have a misconception about some chiros out there. Yeah. They think that all they do is like adjust people and crack backs. Yeah. So can you do a little myth busting for us and and kind of dive deeper into your specific approach? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's the way I break it down is we're doctors of the nervous system, okay? So mm. basically the nervous system comprises of the brain and the spinal cord. Then you have the peripheral nervous system, all the nerves extending to your extremities. So essentially think of it as a two-way highway you know for example you put your finger on a hot stove what happens you're immediately going to take that off but if you really break it down into what's happening you put your finger on the stove it sends a signal to your brain brain sends a signal back hey get your finger off the damn stove it's hot and you do it you don't really think about that but that communication between your brain and your finger happens in a millisecond or even less than that so Essentially, what we're doing as chiropractors is allowing that energy to flow back and forth mm. freely without an interruption. But what happens? The way we sleep, car accidents, sports injuries, things like that, it throws our spines off, our muscles spasm. And now all of a sudden, there's interference, okay? And then what happens is that signal from the brain or from an extremity back to the brain is interrupted. It's not flowing as smoothly as it, as it could. It could be hyper, uh, 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 it could be going on a, on a faster level, it could be going on a slower level. So then sting, things start to uh, not work as they should. So what we're basically doing is aligning the spine and allowing that energy to flow back and forth without interruption. And mm -hmm. we basically let nature take over. It's called um, universal intelligence. You know, it, it's, it's, it's uh, a concept of, you know, for example, if you cut yourself, your body's going to heal, you know, it might get infected and things like that if you don't take care of it. But if you just leave it alone and, you know, it's going to scar up, it's going to scab, it's going to fall off and you're going to be fine. You're going to be left a little cut, a little scar there, but you'll be okay at the end of the day. So the body actually heals itself. Mm. So what we're doing is just adjusting it, lining up the spine and letting the body do its thing. So essentially it. that's the, the, the natural aspect of chiropractic. Yeah, and I see, I, I would love to get your, your input on this. And that's one of the reasons I'm so passionate about the stand-up to sitting movement because yeah. even people who haven't suffered injuries or trauma, whether it's a car accident or sports, we're constantly, we're spending 10 to 12 hours in this slouch position with compressing our spine, compressing our rib cage. And then we expect to just be able to function at a high level. Like that's yeah. not the case. Absolutely. No, I mean, it's, it's a epidemic. I mean, I love what you're doing. I mean, I think sitting is a, is a huge problem. Um, people who work in cubicles from nine to five, imagine they're sitting all day. They're really not getting a lot of exercise. They're in the flex position. So you need to do things on a daily to actually counteract all the, the sitting that you're doing on a daily basis. So, I mean, I see you, you know, stretching out the, the psoas. I mean, for me, my, hip flexors are always tight. Yeah. So I'm constantly, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever heard of the, the so right shout out to so right. Yes, I actually dude. received one yes. uh, from that company. And I just actually lay on that thing, you know, for like 10 minutes a day and it really releases, uh, uh, uh the fascia and all the muscles in my, uh, hip flexor muscles and, you know, just stretching and trust me, I've, I've, gotten to know that stretching is a big part of my routine my warm-up now now that i've gotten older is a lot more intense than it was you know when i was in my early 20s because i'm just not as limber and people are that's going to happen to you you're yeah. going to get older you're not going to be as flexible as you once were so i think stretching uh, and yoga is actually very important as you get older you know if you're still lifting and doing all the heavy weights that, that you're doing on a regular basis yeah Absolutely. And I just, I think it's so important too, to just like incorporate little doses of movement throughout the day, whether it's a five or 10 minute Absolutely. walk outside Absolutely. 
or like you were mentioning, hopping on the show right, shout out. Those things yeah. are money. Yeah. And like taking deep diaphragmatic breaths on there Absolutely. is powerful. Absolutely. Yeah. Even just like I would say get up every hour. Like, you know, if you're sitting for eight hours a day, every single hour, dedicate, like you said, five minutes to, you know, get outside, get some fresh air, some sunlight, stretch a little bit, and you'll see it'll it'll just increase your productivity throughout the day. Yeah. And I'm curious to know how has your mindset towards wellness kind of transformed and evolved over the last few years in terms of, I know you recently opened your own practice, right? Yes. So what have you discovered about that whole experience, having your own practice and, and really taking ownership of that? Like what new challenges have come with that? As far as opening up a, a business or a practice, being an entrepreneur, yeah, all I mean, of these I things. think that, you know, I was in a situation early in my career where I worked for other people or, you know, I was, I, I was in a position of power, but at the end of the day, I had a boss at the end of the day. Um, so, you know, so there was that safety net, I guess you want to call it, but, you know, transitioning after the show, after the bachelorette, uh, I opened up my own business. I started Dr. Ab's Lifestyle and Wellness, which is all about natural health solutions like chiropractic, fitness, um, nutrition, supplementation, and, and motivation and mental uh, mindset. So I, I started that company, and you know one of the main aspects is the brick and mortar. So you know opening up your own business and your own brick and mortar practice, and pretty much being a one man show and handling everything is it's a lot. It's stressful, but you know if it's your passion, you're going to put everything you you can into it. And I would say as far as my mindset moving forward into the future, as far as uh, health, I just think you get wiser with age and, you know, you learn your body specifically for me when I was younger and in college, you know, I was lifting weights, but I didn't know a lot about nutrition. Um, you know, I was eating literally as a youngster, I was eating like Burger King, bacon, double cheeseburgers, fries. I mean, I was lifting, so I was getting like swole, but you know, I didn't have any abs or anything like that. And as you know, abs remain in the kitchen. So it was a situation where, you know, as my nutrition knowledge got better and better, I was able to not only help myself, but help the people that I was actually treating and just improving their overall quality of life. Yeah, I, I can definitely relate to that. I remember senior year of high school, literally every single day, I didn't miss a day, bro. Every single day, chili cheese nachos from Aragon High School. And like, I swear, I, I was like, I loved it. And it was but you fucking know, and you know the most funny toxic is like, thing. You're a lean guy like me. So I don't know if it happened to you, but my metabolism was so fast. It didn't even matter. Like it would just go right through me. I was still skinny. I, 100%. Was, I was skinny. You know, that's been a situation that I've had for most of my childhood leading into high school. So it was really tough for me to put on weight. I always had, a, you know, a, 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 you know, skinny, frail, I had acne. And then, you know, I think I kind of blossomed in, started blossoming in college, um, you know, just started eating healthier, working out, doing the right exercises to, you know, get my goals accomplished. And, you know, it just grew from there. You know, I went to chiropractic school. Obviously, I'm in an environment where everybody's into health and, and helping people and, and um, you know, just that natural quality vibe. And I think that I just learned a ton at school and then after in my continuing education as well. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to try and get this together. Hopefully, hopefully we can pull up maybe a picture of you from high school or college, wow. skinny acne. Cause I definitely have some pictures, yeah. the same exact thing. Yeah. So uh, there was definitely de a glow up. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, man. Definitely I tried everything too. And it's funny because now as we get older and more knowledgeable, we realize like, oh shit, all of that food that we are putting in is actually facilitating our skin, right? Yeah, yeah. And all of the dairy, all of the oils, the vegetable oils, it's all toxic. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, I did a number. I mean, you know, we might be feeling the effects today, but it, there's never. it's never too late to change. You know, I mean, you could start today on just switching your diet 100% to, you know, more plant-based, more natural, more things that are going to be doing good for your body. Mm. I'm glad yeah. you mentioned that. So let's say someone's listening right now and they're like, yo, I'm lost. I'm overwhelmed. I've been going down this hamster wheel, hamster wheel of unhealthy lifestyle for the last decade. What is one thing that they should start doing tomorrow? Uh, I mean, 
a basic thing like in nutrition is just simply get rid of the processed foods, mm. get rid of, you know, the sodas, the diet sodas, things like that. Start drinking more water. I mean, it sounds simple enough, but a lot of people have trouble, you know, staying hydrated. And I think that's a huge problem. They're all, we're always on the go. We're in the, the rat race and we're always either at our desk drinking coffee, just trying to stay awake so we can function at work and we neglect the, the water. So, you know, nature has the best doctors, you know, the sunlight, the water, you know, the diet and exercise nutrition. So I think if you just focus on, on improving little things at a time, it doesn't have to be a complete 180, uh, because you're going to tend to fail. If you do that, you know, start making little changes, develop micro habits that are going to develop into macro. Mm. Uh, you're going to accomplish the macro goals in the future as time goes on. Fuck. Yeah. yeah, dude, that, that is perfect because that is so actionable like you can literally just take action yeah. right now hydrate more yeah. hydrate more it's yeah. so simple yeah like you drink four sodas a day try drinking three with some water and then little by little you keep you know taking away the sodas until you're absolutely not drinking soda anymore you know you'll forget about that now go on to the 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 food aspect you know mm. start incorporating more healthy foods you know substitute the white rice for the brown rice or the the white potato for the sweet potato you know little things that you could do on a daily that's not going to overwhelm you but in the long run it's going to have a big big time effect yeah i see i see a lot of people and there's so much information out there right whether it's through social media tv wherever you're consuming content and a lot of times it overwhelms people it's like i'm going to try waking up at 5 a.m. starting crossfit and go vegan all in the same week. It's like, bro, that- like a suicide mission. Yeah, yeah, like that might be sustainable for a week. Yeah. And then your adrenals are going to be fatigued. Your hormones are going to be out of whack and you're going to just feel like shit. So I think what Dr. Abs is suggesting is perfect. Just start small and build some momentum yeah. and some confidence. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, if you, I think uh, setting small goals- you know, uh, immediate goals, short-term goals, I think is the way to go because all those short-term goals, when you look back two years later, like, holy shit, I, you know, two years ago, I was drinking five sodas a day. I was eating fast food three times a week or whatever it is. And now look at me now, don't make that happen overnight, but little by little you'll develop those habits and it'll, you'll be able to conform to your new lifestyle a lot better if you take it slow. Mm, I love that. And since you mentioned the bachelorette, yes, <laughs> that I, I I just have to ask because for those who don't know, um, Brian won the bachelorette. Was it 2017? 2017, yes. So two years ago, and I'm just trying to figure out how that experience impacted you because now all of a sudden you're in the public light. Like yeah. I'm sure you're getting yeah. recognized by people left and right. Like how did that shift things? What was the biggest lesson you learned? Uh, what well, a couple lessons. Um, I would say the two biggest are, I'm sure we'll get into it later that not everybody's going to like you. Okay. I think everybody has haters, you know, people that say that <laughs> they ain't lying. Okay. You know, obviously there's a lot of, uh, love on social media, but then there's a lot of hate, you know, I don't think, you're not gonna, you're not gonna um, be right by people 100% of the time. And that just is what it is. So I think if you can accept that, I think you'll be a lot better off. And I would say the other thing that I learned was just expressing my emotions a lot mm. better. You know, I think that show does a really good job of of putting you in a bubble where you're not focused on anything else, but well, in my, in my, in my, in terms of me, it was Rachel Lindsay. You know what I mean? So I ate, slept, thought about Rachel Lindsay 100% of the time. There was no phone. There was no work. There was no distractions. So in terms of me communicating with her, you know, I expressed so many more emotions to a woman, to her, than I think I had ever expressed to anybody else just because I was so vulnerable. And even with guys, you know what I mean? I know guys don't like to express their emotions not only to women, but to guys even less, you know, with guys is a quick convo like sports and, you yeah. know, they kind of keep uh, stuff surface level, but, you know, they do a really good job of putting you together and, you know, have what's called a man chat. And you're just literally discussing your feelings about her and, you know, what happened on the dates and things like that. And, 
you really connect with with dudes on another level that I didn't think I, I could. Um, so I really learned a lot about that. It was funny because when I got home, you know, after the show, I I talked to my boys and it's like, yo, man, so how are you feeling? You know, what do you what do you think of this? And I really got deep with them and they were like, you OK, what's wrong with you? You know what I mean? Because I was just so vulnerable and I guess they weren't used to that. So um, I think just being vulnerable, express, being able to express your emotions without any inhibitions. And I think that's something that I'll always take away from that. And I think it's, you know, obviously it helped that I was 37 at the time. I was older, you know, I, mm. I lived life, you know what I'm saying? I was the oldest guy on the show. So I think that really gave me an advantage where I was going in already being vulnerable and I was ready to do that. I didn't have, you know, any reservations about doing that like other guys did on the show, because at the end of the day, if you do hold back, she's not going to get to know the real you. And then that that may put you in a in a bad position, dude. You look fucking good, man. Thank you. So man. you're 39 then. I'm 39. Yes, dude. 39. I I see a little gray coming <laughs> yeah, in the know, beard. A little gray, a little gray. <laughs> I was like, should I color? She's like, no, do not do that. She's like, I I like you gray. I like the the Clooney look. I was like, all right, I'll I'll be there eventually. Hell yeah. yeah. Okay, so wow, there's a lot of directions we can go with this. Yeah. So you're in this kind of isolated not isolated but you're in this kind of space where they strip away your external things mm -hmm. right which i think is awesome uh and how long does that process like well i was last? on the show i was legit on the show for two months so it was two months isolation i didn't know what was going on in the world really? um yeah like we didn't have access to internet you know we'd always have a handler with us you know if we went to the gym course we got to get that release out there so you know we would go to the gym work out we'd always have a handler with us and and the job of that handler is to is just watch you and make sure you know you don't they i mean we're in different countries we're in different states you know they have uh you know they're basically like our chaperone yeah. so they were watching us making sure we didn't get into any trouble and um you know but at, at least they gave us that release of being able to go to the gym you know whether we were in in uh, Switzerland or Spain or wherever it was. Um, but I would say, yeah, it's, it's a situation where you're in that bubble and it's like, we were so hyper-focused on her is like, all I was thinking about was that next interaction with her. How could I make the relationship go to the next level? And then the next time go to that other net level, you know? Mm. So it was always, I was hyper-focused on that. And that's a situation where, I think I had an advantage over the rest of the guys. I mean, I started off strong, so my confidence was high. But believe it or not, actually going into the show, I listened to a lot of self-motivation. You know, I had a long drive. Uh, I lived uh, near Dadeland in Kendall, and I, my job, my uh, office was in Miami Lakes. So I had a good 20-minute drive uh, minimum at the, in the Palmetto. So like a month before the show, I actually listened to Tony Robbins. Um, I listened to... Uh, uh, an audiobook called The Power of Positive Thinking. Hmm. So I really put myself in a mindset going into that show that, you know what, nothing's going to deter me. I'm going to focus on the goal. I'm going to see if this woman, if, if, if her and I are compatible, if she's my person. And I wasn't going to let anything distract me. I knew the concept of the show. I knew she was going to have relationships with other dudes. And to a lot of guys, that, that could be intimidating. You know, she's dating 30 other guys you know, this testosterone filled alpha male house. And, you know, you see her connecting with other people and that could, that intimidated some guys. Yeah. But I didn't worry about that. Yeah. You know, I really just focused on my relationship with her. I never talked about anybody else when I was talking to her. It was just me building my relationship with her. Mm. And that's where I think a, a, a lot of guys or women, you know, when it's the, the bachelor, I think that's their downfall. Yeah. And you know, I think if you just focus, you're going to get the most out of it because you're going to really see at the end of the day, you put your all into it. You didn't hold anything back. You didn't, you know, you don't have any regrets because you pretty much put your all into it. And, you know, you really see if that person is your person. I love it, dude. I love, I love everything you're talking about because one of the things that I've really noticed in my relationships with women, especially like the last six months, yeah. as I've, as I've, kind of become more confident and more comfortable sharing certain aspects of my life and just really working on that communication, yeah. like being fully transparent yeah. regardless of the subject matter. And it's really attracted just amazing women in my life, like friends, partners, whatever it is. Yeah. So I'm wondering, you said you're listening to these audio, audio tapes like a month before. 
did you feel like you were lacking a little confidence going into this or were there any self-limiting beliefs that you had? Um, yeah, I mean, I think everybody is afraid of, of being rejected. Um, but I think that at the end of the day, everything happens for a reason. I, I, I'm a strong believer in that. And if it was meant to be, it was meant to be. And if it wasn't, she just wasn't my person. So I had that mentality going in. And especially after those, those uh, listening to those audio books, I really set myself, I actually had three, received actually some really good advice. Uh, it was a three-pronged approach. It was focus on her, don't start any store, uh, focus on her, don't start any drama, and don't talk behind anybody's back. Mm. You know, so I really went in with those three things in my mind. And that really helped me out tremendously throughout the journey just because I wasn't focused on other relationships. And there was other guys that just, you know, I had them thinking about me and my relationship with her. Like I wasn't worried about them. So I was I was really free. And that's mm. something that, you know, you talked about your evolution with women. I think the truth will always set you free. So when you have, you're vulnerable and you're just basically putting it out on the line there. At the end of the day, like I slept well at night knowing that I gave it my all. Yeah. I, I pretty much poured my heart and soul into this woman and yes, would it hurt if she would have rejected me at the end of the day? Yeah, it would have hurt. But at the end of the day, like I said, I would have been able to sleep at night knowing that, hey, you know what? I poured my heart out. I did all I could. It just wasn't meant to be. You know, I'm going to meet my person in the future. Mm. And that's kind of like the concept that you just have to, to go with. I love it. Yeah. And I have to ask, because so, you because you mentioned from an early age, I think you said five, playing soccer. Yeah. And you had this competitiveness yeah. ingrained inside of you. So how much of the pursuit of Rachel was like, I want to win. I want to beat the other 30 guys. Combined with the fact that you actually really were building an attraction to this woman. Yeah. Like, how did those different dynamics play out i think early on i mean when you when going in yes there's 30 other guys or 30 other women i think that competitive those competitive juices start flowing in you just because you know you're always sizing people up early on and things like that but as time went on that competition angle went out the window and it was just more a one-on-one -on -one connection level you know you start developing feelings for that person really fast. I mean, you know, a lot of people say like, how can you get engaged, you know, after two months of knowing somebody and it's, you got to understand, like going back to that bubble, you know, I was in the bubble for two months, but in reality, as far as emotions put out there, emotions spent, it was like a six month relationship. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. in the real world, people have the distractions, they go to work, you know, so if you're dating a girl, you might go on what, three days a week, a date three times a week, you know, you go to dinner, you're there for a couple hours, take her home, whatever, you know what I mean? It's, it's not as long. You got the phone, you got distractions, but here it was just super hyper-focused, um, unleashing emotions and receiving the emotions in return. So mm. it was a very, uh, emotional time. And I, when I first saw her on TV, I knew she was going to be the bachelorette. I always thought that we were going to get along great just because of the way at least I viewed her on TV. You know, she was very personable. She was easygoing. She loved sports. She loved to laugh. So I was like, all right, I think I'm kind of funny. I love sports. You know, I, like everything on paper matched up. And then when I met her, you know, like I said, you know, all the guys are competitive going in. But then once I started to get to know her, I was like, wow, this is going way better than I thought. And then just as those feelings start progressing, it's like you really start uh, uh, developing love for this person yeah. it's like wow you know i i didn't think it I, I was maybe a little pessimistic going in but um for me i was i was more optimistic i was like i know i'm gonna get along with her it's just gonna be a matter of how well and yeah. it just exceeded my expectations that dude i lo i love it i love yeah. it. it it's so it's so funny because i like don't watch tv especially yeah. like i remember the only reality reality show i watched when i was younger was like well uh real world that's okay. what i watched on mtv so I um, real world, yeah but what, what you said that really struck me and that I think is so powerful is this idea of quality over quantity in regards to like spending time with someone. Yeah. Whether it's a partner, a friend, our parents, like rather than focusing like on quantity, oh, hey, we've been together six years, but 
you see each other like once a week, right? So you guys were really just thrown in the fire and like building that connection so strong. And I can totally yeah. relate to that. Yeah. And I also see how it wouldn't really make sense for people on the outside to understand that dynamic yeah. of like going so deep with someone yeah. so fast. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, I love the foundation that she brought to the table. You know what I mean? She had, you know, really high level, high surface level. She had the qualities that I was looking for in a woman. And at the end of the day, yes, it is quicker than the normal. I mean, you said people date for six years. I mean, you know, they're going to spend a lot more time than what I did with Rachel. But at the same time, the foundation was there. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I, I loved what I saw. And that's why at the end of the day, I proposed to her. Like, I wouldn't have proposed to her if I didn't feel that she was the woman that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. You know what I mean? Yeah. So after the fact, though, of course, there's a getting to know you period. You know, we but we were we were committed to that. You know, yeah. I moved to Dallas uh, shortly after we were announced to the world. And you know, I was all in, I was committed. I was like, all right, we're going to make this work or we're going to try. We're going to, we're going to get to know each other on even deeper levels than we did on the show. And just as it was when I first met her, that it just continually got better after the show ended, it also got better. Mm. You know what I mean? Cause a lot of times what happens is like, you like the initial, you know, representative of the person. And then as you get to know them more, it's like, wait a minute, you know, I, I I didn't sign up for this or I don't like this person as much as I as I did. Now I'm starting to get to know the real them. And, you know, that didn't happen with me and her. It was just a continuous uh, upward climb. Yeah. yeah. And it seems like what I love, too, is it seems like you guys are really like growing together. I know she did she finish up law school or she? Yeah. Yeah. No, she's a, a litigator. She did a defense litigation, um, yeah. you know, trial attorney. I mean, she's a she's a smart cookie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think yeah. it's important for like two people who are climbing and just growing with their careers and, and other aspects of their life to like have that person to hold them accountable, to support them yeah. and like to grow together on the journey. Um. I don't want to, I don't want to stay too much on this topic, but I'm just curious, does the network or show like put any pressure to propose? Um, I mean, obviously at the end of the day, their main objective is for people to fall in love. I mean, it is a reality show about love mm. and you know, they would prefer it, but I don't necessarily think so. I mean, at the end of the day, that's a really big commitment. That's a really big decision for somebody to make. So anybody that gets, you know, duped or, you know, convinced that they need to propose at the end is uh, that shouldn't be the case. You know, you should be mentally strong. You should confront your emotions. And if that's where you're at, then go for it. You know what I mean, if you mm. love this person, go ahead and, and, and ask for their hand in marriage. But, you know, I don't think that they specifically push you. Hey, you got to propose at the end of this. Like they don't force you into a corner. Right. Cool. That's good to know. Um, I'm wondering also, you know, this experience seemed to like open up your heart and yeah. bring out this new side, right? Because yeah. I know, especially I've dated Latin women and I know, um, a lot of the mindset growing up is like men need to be strong. And, and, and this is kind of like just Western society too, is like men need to be strong, like showing, showing emotions, a sign of weakness. Like how dare you fucking cry? Like, don't do yeah. that. That's for, that's what pussies do. So I'm wondering if that new found perspective kind of translated into other relationships in your life and other aspects as well. Yeah, I think uh I think that comes with age, like as you get wiser and as you you get more the ability to be more open with other people, you realize that that's what the other person actually wants. I mean, you know, I mean, don't try to put this macho facade on, you know, because they're going to connect more with you being real. And I think the, the at the end of the day, the truth will set you free. Like be I, I've, I've never been more open and honest in my mid to late 30s you know, 10 times more so than I was when, when I was younger, you know, when I was younger, you play the games, you know, you, you know, you lie to girls, you, you, uh, you know, you play them, you ghost them, whatever, whatever it is, you know, you're a player, this and that. So you, you, uh, don't reveal your true self. But as I got older and I started dating more, uh, you know, started dating a little bit more seriously, 
I didn't want to have that on my conscience. I didn't want to, you know, try to keep up with little fibs here and there that I, that would tell women. It was like, just be open and honest. Like if you don't want to be in a relationship and you just want to be friends or whatever, or if, you know, you are serious about the relationship and you want to take it to another level, let them know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let them know from the beginning. Right. Like I said, the truth will set you free. Like if things go wrong, like, hey, listen, I told you from the jump, this is how I feel. And you're not going to have any remorse or regrets about it. Yeah. So I think if more people were like that, like just more upfront and honest, I think that the other person is going to respect you a hell of a lot more than if you, you know, they catch you in some type of a lie. So I think that comes with maturity and age. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think she was in the same boat. Like we always talk about, you know, Rachel and I always talk about we probably wouldn't have gone along if we would have met in our 20s. You know what I mean? Like we were both in different places in our lives. I think we got to a point where we were on the show. It was just right place, right time. You know, we both had been in serious relationships. We had both had our fun back in the day. And now we were both professional adults that were looking for something serious. So I think we were just really on the same page. And sometimes that's what it is. You got to be in the right place at the right time. Timing is everything. Yo. You know what I mean? I think, yeah. yeah, two, a couple things. Like, I'm so glad. And this is kind of why when we spoke before the show, I was like, bro, don't even worry about preparing or anything because sim similar to like what you're saying, when you're just being real and being open, like the conversation evolves and all of the things that I kind of was hoping to touch on naturally come into play. Yeah. And I think what you're communicating, talking about like the intention and like, I think it's so important and I try and be as open and honest too, is like, hey, my intention is this. So that way there's no miscommunications. No one, there, there still might be feelings hurt, but at least we're communicating openly. Like, this is what I want. This is what I intend. Yeah. Whether it's setting intention before you drink alcohol or before you eat or before you go out with someone, whatever it is, I think setting that initial intention can be so crucial yeah um and yeah. i mean to your point you know you use the word communication you know i think that not only in the beginning of a relationship once you start dating somebody but also as you get into the more serious relationship with communication i would say is one of our uh better attributes as far as a couple is concerned you know we're you know we argue just like every other couple but at the same time we're able to set our egos aside, set our pride aside. You know, one of us is always going to apologize and, and come and confront the situation at hand and we talk it out, you know, and I think that that is missing in a lot of relationships, you know, and a lot of times, I, you know, guys, I'm sorry, but, you know, it, it's a lot of times it's our fault. Like the woman is more expressive and we just shut down and we don't want to talk about it or, you know, we get moody. We don't, you know, we, we, we cut the conversation down, but in reality, if you just, talked it out you're gonna feel a lot better moving forward and knowing that hey whatever happens whatever argument we have like we're gonna be able to get over it because we have that open line of communication yeah, yeah. and i think just listening dude yeah like fucking listening to listen listening yeah. to listen and not listening to respond or offer like a solution just letting the partner or person or friend be heard like yeah. a lot of times that's just the only thing that they really want is yeah. like, let me just vent for a second. Yeah. Let me tell you how I'm feeling and like letting it sink in and listening openly. Listening and then also, you know, maybe putting yourself in their, putting yourself in their shoes and then vice versa. Mm. You know, we're always, it's like, okay, I get where you're coming from. This is where I was coming from. Like, you know, let's come to a, 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 a median or a, a common solution and just move past it, you know what mm. I mean? And I think that's important because a lot of times, like I'm, you know, my point of view is my point of view and, you know, you shut off the other person's point of view when I think that you should be open-minded and, you know, listen to really what they have to say and, and put yourself in their shoes and I think you'll understand your partner a lot better. Empathy, bro. Empathy, It's, yeah, it's missing a lot from the world, but I think we're becoming more awoke to it and we're building it yeah. as, a, as a society, which is, which is crucial. Um, so wondering right now, last question, actually, I'm curious to know, like growing up and in, in, in your twenties, in your thirties, were you, were you like a pretty open dude or were you, did you kind of like your privacy? 
privacy in what in what sense like just uh, privacy like being able to go about your business because i mean it, it almost correct me if i'm wrong but it seems like it went from like zero to a hundred in terms of like yo you're 37 you're kind of comfortable with the way life is going and then all of a sudden like i don't know if there's like i don't know if you how if you deal with like paparazzi but like i was googling and there's like pictures in people magazine of your honeymoon in in greece yeah, and yeah. it's like yo that's that's kind of wild right yeah no it's uh i mean you i don't think anybody's ready f to be thrust into fame like that i mean you know i went from you know less than a thousand instagram followers one day and then you know post show i'm you know three hundred and seventy five thousand. <laughs> it's like unbelievable but you know honestly the way i look at that is i was essentially a a micro i had a micro platform prior to the show you know i was local i you know treated all my patients well and i i, I wanted them to get healthy via chiropractic and fitness and nutrition and things like that um but then once after the show i had a macro platform now all of a sudden i'm able to touch a whole lot of other people and i influence these people on a, on a daily basis so it's like wow you know having that power from one day to the next is is pretty intimidating so for me i felt like a responsibility where it's like now i have a voice for all these people and how am i going to use that voice i wanted to use my voice to do good to have a positive impact on these people's lives and that's why i started you know my dr abs lifestyle wellness brand for the simple fact that you know i simply took what i was doing prior on a micro level and now i want to spread the word about those same things to a larger audience hell yeah bro yeah. i love it i want to and i want to help in whatever capacity i can Absolutely. i think there's a Appreciate lot of opportunity yeah bro i think there's a lot of opportunity to just collaborate dude and like amplify and multiply our impact was it literally like that by the way like as soon as you went back on your phone after getting access to it was it literally like that like yeah, I mean, uh, when you get back your phone after you finish filming, the show hasn't even started airing yet. Got so it. it. Probably like, when we got our phone back, there was, you know, maybe like a, a a week or two before the show aired. But you were already getting hit up and followed because they announced the guys that are going to be on the show prior. So then all of a sudden, everybody starts, you know, digging up dirt on you and who who you are, and you know, all the the there's a ton of spoiler accounts now that you know give all the info prior to the show even airing. So, you know, I started to get followers and as you go on the show, you know, people fall in love with the people, with the person that they see on the show and you start getting all these followers and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I guess when it comes to social media, there's like a love, I have a love hate relationship with it. You know, obviously there's, there's a lot of love and positivity that's spread on social media, but then at the same time, there's a lot of trolling, a lot of negativity that goes on and you know it's just sad to see like even the biggest stars in the world you know i think that's how i compartmentalize it is like you see the the rock and all these amazing actors and, and and people of influence you know whatever uh field you're in i mean you go through their comments they're getting some of the hate as well yeah. so it's like i think everybody has haters i think it's just how you react to that and you know, how you turn it around and spin it to a positive. I mean, whether you use that as motivation to, you know, push the positive in your life and, and what you're trying to accomplish, I think that's the best thing you could do and just ignore, you know, all the noise on the outside. Yeah, for sure. And we were talking about empathy. Yeah. It's like putting ourselves in that person's shoes. Like what type of situation do you have to be in your life to spend time? Yeah. I commenting something malicious or hateful on a stranger's post it's mind-boggling it's you know, mind-boggling so like for me like most of my stuff is thank goodness like very positive and and, and stuff like that but i see it in, and then i try and have that other point of view like wow that must that person must be coming from like a dark painful place yeah, yeah. it's like they're trying to put their insecurities on you and they're just maybe in a negative place in their life so I guess they, it makes them feel better about themselves if they project that negativity on somebody else and bring mm. them down, you know, kind of like to their level. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, jealousy and envy is a thing. Like, you know, 
when you see some when when people some people see others doing better than them or uh, uh, at least appearance wise it looks like they're doing better you know some people just want to jab you and, and troll you and and bring you back down to earth and you know i think it'd be a better way to handle it and like you know what clap for that person you know they're doing things with their life they're doing great uh, uh great things spreading positivity like how can i focus on myself and try to do the same thing yeah and you know grow myself and you know that's something where you know i know you were asking me prior about you know how do you handle um you know comparing yourself to other people or you know the things you see on instagram because i mean there's a lot out there you know what i mean if you're a fitness influencer there's always going to be some guy that's more jacked than you, more better looking, uh, better abs, whatever the case may be. And it's like, I don't harp on that. You know, that's that person. That's their journey. I'm sure they went through all the blood, sweat, and tears to get to where they are. So if anything, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to look at them in a positive light. Say, like, you know what? Good for you, man. Like, you worked your ass off to get to where you are. I don't look at it in a negative way. And I really then turn to myself and it's like, I only want to challenge the person that I see in the mirror. I don't want to compare myself to that person. It's like, how can I make myself the best version of myself? How can I challenge myself? How can I be a better person each and every day? Like, what do I need to do to accomplish my goals? I think if you just hyper-focus and, you know, be like a horse with blinders on and just really uh, uh, focus on improving yourself rather than, you know, uh, putting energy on somebody else's journey, mm. I think you'll be a lot happier in life. Fuck yeah. No. Fuck yeah, dude. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Um, what what is what's like a common, maybe one or two common things that people troll on you for? Uh like what's the most common thing you get? I mean, you name it. I mean, it's it's basically everything I am. I mean, when in terms of my relationship, you know, people blasted us. You know, I would say our toughest day in the relationship to date was probably the day after we got we got announced on national TV just because we had to do a ton of press we went to New York and it was just literally a whole day of interviews so you know there was some drama on the show and and it was a situation where they asked a lot of questions about if our relationship was real and if you know she made the right decision and it was just really emotionally draining and you know we definitely survived that and we pulled through that so at the end of the day we were we always said to ourselves you know what if we made it through that like we could pretty much get through anything because that was like the whole world was against us and we only had each other so mm. so it was a situation where yeah like you know they they make fun of her personally they make fun of me personally they make they say we're fake and it's like we pretty much proved everybody wrong you know yeah. we Nobody thought we would last. You know, I remember the comments like, oh, I give this six weeks. I give this, you know, this is totally fake. And it's like other relationships that they may have thought, oh, that's going to last. They've already broken up and we're here. You know, we got married two months ago and it's like we're we survived like we made it. So it was, you know, a sense of accomplishment that our love test lasted the test of time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, you know, as far as professionally, you know what I mean? Like. Uh, me being a doctor of chiropractic like oh you know they're always trying to bring you down like oh you're not a real doctor and you're you know uh you know uh, things like that um initially there was a lot of misconceptions everybody thought i was a player from miami you know i got the whole miami player vibe and you know going in they didn't think i was there for the right reasons that's like a common uh saying on the show you're not here for the right reasons and in reality I was at the perfect place in my life. Like I said, I was 37. I had lived my life. I'd had my fun. I was ready for something serious. This woman seemed like somebody that I'll be really compatible with. And I just went in with a goal of, I'm going to really find out and put my all into seeing if this person was the right person for me. And I pretty much expelled all those misconceptions, you know, about being a player and, and not being there for, for the right reasons. So yeah, okay, I mean, I it's, yeah. Thanks for sharing all that with me. I didn't expect to go, but I'm, it's just like so fascinating to me, like, yeah. like the whole experience because it's so unfamiliar. And um, I appreciate you sharing. Um, Absolutely. So I'm curious to know, like, with your own practice, with your own brand, what are you most excited about right now? What I'm most excited about right now with my brand, I would just say, is spreading the gift 
of health and positivity through my five principles that I actually live my life by. You know, the Dr. Oz brand is made up of natural health solutions, anything that is going to help the person avoid the drugs and the surgery. You know, the opioids is a huge crisis in our country. So there's so many other natural uh, treatment methods out there that are technologically advanced. You know, you see a lot of athletes have certain uh, therapies and modalities performed on them that I actually want to bring to the general public because they're so effective and they're a much more natural route than the drugs and the surgery. I mean, I always think that surgery should be, you know, worst case scenario, last resort, avoid it at all costs if possible, you know? So I really harp on, you know, bringing uh, the latest and greatest to my patients and healing them in a more natural way. And then fitness and nutrition. I mean, like I was telling you, like some of the best doctors is just simply movement, getting out, you know, moving your body, working out your body, uh, pushing it to the limits, eating a, a high quality diet. Like you'll be surprised the wonders that that can simply make to your life. Um, you know, supplementation, you know, quality supplements that are going to fill in those nutritional gaps that you're not getting from your diet that are going to give you that extra boost in your life. And then just motivation, just that mental positive mindset, waking up with a, an attitude of gratitude. You know, I think a lot of people, for example, they look at Instagram and they see all these shiny pictures of like these beautiful lives that they see. And, you know, they kind of want to be in that position and they don't really take into account all the blessings that they already have in front of them. And I think if people focused on that a lot more rather than, you know, the, the, the facade that, that Instagram can be sometimes, I think they would be a lot happier in their lives. Mm. I think this quote comes up almost every episode, this Teddy Roosevelt quote that yeah. is just always ingrained in my mind. Comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah, and absolutely. We're, and we're in a, a constant state of it, whether it's you being on the show or another doctor comparing themselves to you yeah. or people scrolling and seeing this and this and that. Oh, their relationship's perfect. It's mine's not as good. All of these things that eat at us yeah. and steal from the present moment. And that's why like I'm wearing this shirt right now because I know I've been depressed because I've been living in the past or I've been anxious because I'm too worried about the future and I'm not in the current in moment. The moment yeah. And like this whole conversation I love because I feel like that's why I love doing it in person yeah. rather than like video because I feel like we're in it. Like there's no yeah. phones. Like, yeah, there's cameras, there's microphone, but we're just fucking shooting the shit. Yeah. I feel like that's a lost art, like conversation, you know, everybody's at dinner looking at their phones. I mean, you look at these Instagram stories and it's like everybody's literally on their phone. Nobody's talking. Um, you know, you got to develop those interpersonal uh, relationship skills and, and talking to people. I think that's a lost art. Hell yeah. yeah. Yo, dude, I just got to say, because, you know, the people who are saying like, yo, Dr. Abs, you're not a real doctor. And as the son of a neurologist, I feel like I have a little bit of qualification to say this. You are like a fucking healer, bro. And I, I look at myself the same way. You know, so many of these doctors who are going through residency and they're going through this Western medicine model, yeah. right, that oftentimes doesn't address these lifestyle factors like yeah. movement, like nutrition, like mental health, like breath work, like stress management. Like these are things that we need in 2019. Yeah. And we're following a model that's outdated yeah. and we're prescribing pills and creams based on symptoms and not really searching. It's not getting down to the root of the problem. Exactly. You know, and that's, that's a huge problem. You know, uh, I mean, I get it, you know, a lot of times there's money involved, you know, but, you know, just giving somebody a prescription and not addressing those other factors that you're talking about. I mean, I'm not saying that there's no place in our society for medicine. Sometimes it's necessary. If you have a serious illness, you may need to take a certain medicine to save your life. You know what I mean? But I think people should start now, whatever, if they're going down that dark path of, you know, they're relying on some type of medication, not saying to get off the medication, but start addressing those other factors in your life. And before you know it, I mean, I, I, I can't tell you how many stories I've heard of, you know, people doing chiropractic, changing their diet and their uh, fitness routine, or at least just starting it. And 
them going to their MD who had prescribed them eight medications. Now all of a sudden he weans them off all of them because they're just doing so much better and they don't need that, mm. especially with all those side effects that it has. So, you know, I've heard tons of stories like that. And I think that's, you know, follow your doctor's orders, like keep doing what you're doing, but at the same time, address those other factors. And before you know it, you may be off that medication and clear your head of all those negative side effects that those pills may have. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's key. And, and so many of us, we build dependencies on yeah. these things, like thinking that we can't function or we can't go a day without taking an antidepressant or taking a pill to help us sleep. And I think what you do and what I try to do is empower people. Like, listen, yeah. you have all the to tools at your disposal. Let's just start using them. Like your body, you mentioned it before, like your, our bodies are so smart. Yeah. Like they have naturally healing properties. They, they have these abilities to be so resilient. Absolutely. And oftentimes we forget that. And so I just, I just want to encourage everyone to overdose on nature's drugs. Like you mentioned, sunlight, water, movement, community, relationships, nature. Like these are the things that are really going to help heal you and bring happiness to your life. 100%. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, I mean, bro. I think that, uh, you know, that's, that's essentially like my mission. Like I want to promote health to as many people as possible. And I know you're on a similar mission as well, just positivity and, and overall wellness. I think that's the, the key term wellness and, and, and living a, a happy, positive, nutritious and, uh, um, physical lifestyle, you know, getting out there and moving. I mean, I think that, that, that could only make your life better. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. I'm so grateful that we had this conversation it and, an hour there, and a half already or now. Dude, there might have to be a part two coming up. You might, yeah, we get we gotta get you back in here. Um, I want to finish off with a little rapid fire. Okay. Okay. So just whatever comes <laughs> to your mind. All right. Favorite emoji. Favorite emoji. Uh geez. Can I tell you which one I've used the last? Yeah, tell me which one. Which, uh, what's your go-to? Honestly, I think it's just either thumbs up or like the smiley face with all the teeth showing. All right, good. Honestly, yeah. Hell yeah. Biggest pet peeve? Biggest pet peeve. Um, <laughs> she didn't kill me for this one. Um, I'm sure a lot of guys have this pet peeve when you order something, <laughs> they don't want any food. <laughs> And all of a sudden, they're picking off your plate. It's like, I thought you didn't want anything. Um, I would say something like that. Um, You're not referring to anyone in particular, though, No, right? just, just... In general. It, it's happened uh, uh, overall, overall <laughs> in my lifetime. Um, I would say uh, personal hygiene. Personal mm. hygiene. I, uh, you know, just keep yourself up. <laughs> Take showers. Uh, you know, just, uh, you know, make yourself presentable. Some of these, some of these girls that I know, and it's not good or bad. It's just interesting that I've seen at some of the events I'm going to and the communities that I'm in, like they're not shaving. Um, oh, really? Like their armpits. So like they're like pretty girls. Like Euro, they're like Euro style. They're pretty girls. They're like super health conscious. But like I think it's like a trend, bro. Like. I've seen I want to become one with nature. A few <laughs> women. Like I'm not talking about just like stubs, like it's been a week or two. Yeah, like it's like talking, oh, I forgot. It's not like no, you've you've let this I'm talking, get out of hand. I'm talking about like our beards, bro. Like this oh, shit wow, didn't happen yeah. overnight. You feel me? Like a yeah. couple weeks manifesting that shit. Um, okay. I want to know a book or movie that has impacted you the most. Um a book or a movie. I would definitely say uh the power of positive thinking is obviously the one I read before or listened to before the show. And it was actually a book that my dad passed down to me. You know, he had basically come to me one day and said, Hey, look, you know, whatever you're in a dark place in your life, or, you know, you're having a down times, um, you know, this book really helped me as a, as a kid, as a child and growing up as a teenager and just having confidence and just putting a positive spin on things so you know that will always be a, a book that really really impacted me um i like uh inspirational stories as far as movies you know something like a a, a shawshank redemption mm. uh uh the green mile 
things Hell like yeah, that. Bro. Just like, you know, having a good heart and karma. Wait, Green Mile? Is that? The, that? Green, the Green Mile. Oh, I'm thinking 8 Mile with Eminem. No, 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 no. The Green Mile, um, Tom Hanks. You never okay. seen that movie? Tom Hanks, he's the, the warden of the jail. I haven't seen it. Oh, dude, go but see I've, that movie. I've heard yeah, of it, The though. Green Mile, it's a little old school, um, but it's a great movie, man. It's, uh, you know, really really has a touching message at the end of the day. So I want to, I want to, I want to hear your thoughts on it after you see it. All right. I got a homework assignment over the weekend. All right. So dude, it's, it's your last supper, bro. Like you are not going to be in this stratosphere the following morning. You have one final supper. Pretend like it's, it's like the healthiest, most delicious, Health nutritious, be damned. bro. It's like avocados, <laughs> wild caught salmon, all the delicious grass-fed butter, whatever you want, okay? And you get to choose three people to have that dinner with, okay? It can't be any family, okay? It can't okay. be any family, um, including your including your wife. Okay. It can't be her. Um, sorry, Rachel. And they can be dead or alive. Three people. You have 60 seconds to get this one, all right? I'm including what I'm going to be eating or? No, 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 no. Oh, right. uh, <laughs> I already told you what you're eating. Three people you're going to be eating it with. Three people that I'm going to be eating with. Um... I would say somebody like uh, uh, Jeff Bezos or okay. Bill Gates just for the business. So which one? Is it both of them? Um, either one. Either business one. doesn't yeah. really matter at this point because yeah, you're, you're right. You're I'm going to die tomorrow. So it's like uh, I guess it would be anybody with like wisdom, you know, just such as at the I end mean, of the three day. names. Pick three. I would say uh, if we could communicate, maybe somebody like a. Uh, Socrates or, or you know okay. some philosopher from back in the day. Okay. Socrates um, one. Bill Gates two. Sure. Okay. Um and uh I would say maybe like a sports athlete, maybe like a Michael Jordan. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No no females, but it's all good. <laughs> we got a we got a lot of masculine energy in the room. No. Um and Dude, I appreciate you so much. I want to acknowledge you, man, because Thank you so much. Because uh, we connected for the first time, I think, like maybe at the beginning of this year, yeah. at an event, and I could see the passion you had. I think you were sampling out these these products and um, talking about what you were doing, and I saw the passion, and I was like, "That's I, that was before I knew like kind of who Doctor Abs was." Yeah. And I was like, yo, this dude, I fuck with him. I vibe with him because his energy's there. He's enthusiastic. And that's really, for me, yeah. what I'm attracted to. Those are the people that I really want to be surrounded with. Of course, absolutely. Yeah, man. So I'm, I just acknowledge you for being consistent and being dedicated to your craft and constantly um, evolving and really dedicating your life to serving others. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, I could say the same thing for you, man. I mean, I just want to congratulate you on standing up to sitting. I think it's an amazing concept and i think it could do so much good in this world and i just think that you know we need to spread the word about it and just you know i think if more people like you and i you know collaborate on this level and just spread that love that positivity and that wellness lifestyle you know i think we can impact a lot of people fuck yeah bro yeah. um i want to give you a, a minute to let everyone watching and listening know where they can connect with you because I'm sure after listening to this, they're going to want to get involved with some of the programs you have coming yeah, out, absolutely. the ebooks. So let them know what's up. Uh, well, I mean, you could follow me at the Brian Abasolo on Instagram, the Brian Abasolo on Facebook, uh, the Ab Doctor on Twitter. My YouTube is Dr. Abs. Um, you know, stay tuned next week. Go to drabsfit.com. I'm going to be uh, uh, launching my platform for. Uh, living a healthier lifestyle via fitness and nutrition programs. You know, it's pretty much going to be catered uh, exactly to your preferences, your goals. I'm going to take into account injuries, you know, just basically tailor, ma tailor make a, a, a program, a nutrition and fitness program specifically for whatever you want to accomplish, you know, build the body of your dreams, whatever you desire. I'm going to help you do that. So go to drabsfit.com and, um, uh, Let's see. I'm actually going to be, uh, stay tuned. I'm actually going to be on the doctor's TV show. Hell I'm actually going to film that next week. Uh, Rachel and I are actually going to be on, we're going to be doing some couples fitness. So stay tuned for that. And, um, yeah, man, just if you're local, if you're in Miami, if you need a, a solution for your pain, your inflammation, your, your itis, whatever that may be, uh, <laughs> you know, I could definitely help you in a very natural way and, you know, 
got to go. <laughs> um, Someone's knocking. Yeah, just uh, you know, stay tuned. Go to my website. We'll be right there, B. Um, yeah, head to my website, uh, drbrianabasolo.com. You can email me if you have any questions, brian at drbrianabasolo.com. You know, if you have any health questions, if you need any uh, uh, advice, you know, uh, I could definitely do it through there or the platform that I'm going to launch, drabsfit.com. Dude, fuck yeah, man. I'm so pumped for everything you're creating. And again, any way I can help, any way I can be of service to you, I'm here. Um, and guys, thanks for listening till the end of the show. You guys are so dope. I'm so grateful for this conscious community that we are creating. And you guys are fucking amazing. Seriously, the fact that you spent this time listening to the show and you're committing time to your health, to your well-being is the first step that you need to take we have listeners in over 35 countries, and I hope to visit every one of you in every which country. So make sure to hit Brian and I up on Instagram. Let us know what your biggest takeaway from this show was. We want to know what you're going to do to take action to provide a healthier and happier life for you. All right. So keep the conversation going and you already know what time it is. It's time to take ownership of your life and stand up to sitting.